Hi, this is Big Talk. Michael Glab here. My guest this week, the newly named chair of the Monroe County Republican Party, Taylor Bryant. Taylor, thanks for being on Big Talk. Thank you for having me. Well, Taylor, why don't we give a little history lesson to our listeners? Uh, Tell me what you think about this. Fifty years ago, this past November, Bloomington was, believe it or not, listeners, a Republican town. The mayor, Jack Hooker, was a Republican. The city council was overwhelmingly Republican. And then that summer, 1971, the 26th Amendment to the United States Constitution was ratified, granting the vote to 18-year-olds. Now, the first election in this country held under the terms of that amendment was the one right here in Bloomington. And that election drew national media attention, and it resulted in a complete upheaval in the local political scene. Bloomington has been a solid Democratic town since then. Taylor, you wouldn't even have been allowed to vote before that election, but now... 51 years later, you're the titular head of the County Republican Party here. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. That's a that's a good history lesson, uh, some of which I hadn't pieced together completely. So thank you for that. Yeah. Now, Taylor has made history. She is the youngest party chair in state history. A year ago, She was a senior at Bloomington High School North, already at that time, an avowed Republican. I wonder, Taylor, what was it like being a Republican in very Democratic Bloomington as a high schooler? I that's a that's a great question. There are good experiences and there are bad, obviously. I think that that is true of Democrats in Democrat County, Democrats in a red county. I think that the political just depends on who you're you're talking to. Overall, I would say that my experience was favorable. I mean, I had a great high school experience. Didn't hurt me politically. I was still able to pursue everything I wanted to politically. There wasn't anything really putting up barriers as far as the high school went in, in doing that. I helped found the Bloomington High School North Young Republicans Club. And one thing I took from that that I really liked that really speaks to being a Republican in a blue town is that we had the same sponsor for both the Republicans Club and the Democrats Club. So we would meet jointly once a month and have discussion and that sort of a thing. So it was never a super polarizing atmosphere. It was always we're in this together. We're, we're trying to create solutions rather than argue. So I think that that was really the biggest foundation of where I was at in high school as far as how I was treated politically and that sort of thing. I was president all four years that I was there and the club's still alive and well today. Same sponsor, same dynamic, all of those things, which I hope stick around. Obviously, there are the, the, the things where a teacher's biased or you run into something with another student or things like that. But I would say, you know, all in all, it was favorable and, and that was the those experiences were in the minority. Taylor Bryant, on your Facebook page, you say, and this is a quote, Democrats can't even agree on who is Democrat enough to lead the city council. It's time for a change. 
Taylor, I'll bet you'd like to see that historic upheaval I told about in the intro. I bet you'd love to see that reversed. Oh, I would love that. Absolutely. I think that especially this year, 2022, as a country, uh, but also here in Monroe County, we're starting to open our eyes to some things. You know, annexation was a really big one that Republicans and Democrats reunited upon in, in stopping the remonstrance paperwork and all of this. It's, it's going in the right direction in all but one area. Yeah, I think that I, I do want to see this shift. And when I say that Democrats can't even agree on who's Democrat enough to lead, I, I think that that's very legitimate in, in multiple different aspects of our politics, you know, state, local, federal. And, you know, we're seeing the split on our city council, uh, this 5-4 split. And that's exactly what that is. They, you know, um, the four is like this more progressive caucus and the five are, I don't know what I would call old school Democrats, maybe uh, more mainstream Democrats. I don't know, but they're fighting. And, and so that's what happens when we get majorities and we get comfortable in our positions. And so I think that residents of Monroe County should not want their officials to be comfortable in the positions that they're in. And I think that, that it is time for a change. You know, uh, I was speaking with William Ellis once. He's your predecessor as the county chair. And by the way, you named him the vice chair, one of your first acts as the county chair. So he's still in the game. Yes. Yeah, we couldn't let William go too far. He has uh, far too much knowledge and, and things that I couldn't let him get away. And he didn't want to go anywhere. So I'm glad he's on as our vice chair. Well, what I was talking with him about was the fact that the Democrats seem to backbite each other so much. And he said, and I didn't even realize this, he said, you should see the Republicans backbiting each other. Is there a way that you can bring together various factions within the party? Yeah. And to clarify on that, I'm sure he was talking about state and not locally. Locally, we're fairly put together. I mean, we don't have the supermajority here locally. We do in the state. And so I think that this is something we see out of supermajorities more than anything. You know, once we get the power and, and, and everybody's there and established, they fight a little bit. But and we're seeing this here in the county. As far as uniting Republicans goes, we are a very big tent party. We have many members of I like to call it the political spectrum all over that in the red areas. You know, we have some that are uh, they're very hardcore red, bright red. And then we have some that are um, what I like to call more purple in, in their beliefs. And I think that when we talk at a basic local level about issues, even at a state level, but, but really the local level, which that's my job to talk about, they are fairly united in things. Are, are you for higher or lower taxes, right? You know, that's a very basic, okay, we want to lower the tax rate. We're not okay with this happening. Annexation, like I pointed out earlier, that was a big uniting topic for Democrats and Republicans, but Republicans amongst all ends of the spectrum. And so there are just these things that happen locally that our Republicans tend to mostly agree on. Now, as far as uniting, I want to focus a little bit more on our local issues and the state issues. Like I said, that's my job. Um, but I think we get really lost in our national politics and how divisive that is. And so if I, if, you know, if Republicans can agree at a basic local level, that's all I'm asking out of them. And more discussion and possibly debate is always welcome, but the local issues, the state issues, that's more so what uh, I'm focused on. And they tend to agree there. Now, I've seen a couple of your goals being uniting the party across generations, 
and attracting more active party members. Now, how can you attract more party members in this town as opposed to the surrounding areas in the rest of Monroe County? Yeah, so here in Bloomington specifically, we talk about a large student population. That's the the biggest part of Bloomington is Indiana University, which I'm actually currently at right now. I live on campus. I go to school full time. So I'm here every day. I'm interacting with the conservative groups on campus. Um, There's a conservative women's group. There's the college Republicans. There's a turning point group. Um, And then there are some smaller uh, ones that haven't really taken off yet, but they still have a fairly good following. And I think it's just engaging those younger folks and what's going on locally. But that's not to say that we're only focusing on bringing in younger folks into the party. Um, I think that this, like I said, cross-generational, we need to unite all of that. The Republican Party has always kind of been a strong, older, it has older members. It's always, that's kind of been our stereotype. That's kind of been our demographics. That's not really what I've seen throughout my experiences in the Republican Party. Being a young person, I see obviously a lot more young people involved in the party. And I want more people to see the young people within the party. So it's a, it's, it's a, Big focus of mine, bringing younger folks into the party solely because it, it well, it's needed. And I think I'm at a unique position to do that. But we are doing other uh, grassroots type things to reach out to other Republicans that aren't on campus um, throughout, not just Bloomington, but the entire county. And more so on the outskirts of the county, it's, it's more focused on older people. Now, Taylor Bryant, uh, the newly named chair of the Monroe County Republicans, uh, I hope I don't turn your face red here. I'm going to read off some of your accomplishments so far, which, by the way, just blow me away. You're 18 years old and you've done all this. And here goes. This year, you're running for a seat in the uh, at the 2022 state Republican convention. You were the vice chair of the county party from March through December of last year. Before that, from August 2019 to March 2021, you were the political director of the county party. You were a punk kid at that time doing that. All right, hey, wait, now wait, there's more, there's more. You're working on the campaign for Daniel Elliott for Indiana State Treasurer. You're the vice president of the Network of Enlightened Women, And you're going to have to tell me what that is once I get done with this list of uh, items here. You were the campaign manager for the committee to elect Judge Judith Benkart in the 2020 election. You were the campaign manager for Andrew Gunther for Bloomington City Council in the 2019 election. When I was a senior in high school, I was lucky to get up out of bed in the morning. Well, I just have always done things a little bit differently, I suppose. I just, I really enjoy doing it. And I, that's where we're at now. What is the Network of Enlightened Women? Yes. So the Network of Enlightened Women is that conservative women's group that I was talking about. It uh-huh. is, it's more of almost a business networking group, but all of the women in it have a, have conservative views. We all just kind of meet up, work on our LinkedIn profiles, work on our resumes, do some networking have some social events. We do a lot of cross-partnering with the college Republicans because the county party, our political director, Mackenzie Benford, um, she is now the president of the college Republicans and she's the founder of the Network of Enlightened Women at IU. 
So that's a, that's a very easy partnership. And then having the, the county party in there with it is just fantastic for both of us. Um, but yes, I was just elected vice president for them. And it's super exciting because that's a great group of, of girls there. At the same time, you're studying law and public policy at Indiana University. You're hoping to become a lawyer, I assume? Potentially. Uh, law school is always an option, but uh, play that part by year. But yes, yes, law and public policy. Now, how in the world did you get to fall in love with politics? See, this is the fun story that I get to tell a lot and inspire more young people maybe to, to do things. So how it all started, I was 13 years old in 2016. And obviously that was a year that people started paying attention more about politics. Um, I couldn't go to school without it getting brought up at least once. You couldn't go home without seeing it on the news. You know, it was everywhere. So we were living kind of in this different political environment, definitely with who our candidates were. And so I was watching that race like a hawk. Um, they would always put up the poll results in class. And I remember on the on election day, Donald Trump had a 2% chance of winning. Um, I was checking my phone, looking at the polls, doing the whole thing. My grandparents knew someone running for county commissioner. And so they had seen that I had just kind of been paying attention. I really wasn't into it yet at this point, but I was just paying attention to politics. And he asked my grandma and I if we would go canvas for him on election day. And so we said, sure. I mean, why not? Let, let's do it. So I stood outside of Jackson Creek Middle School um, in 2016. Just, hey, you know, vote for this, for, you know, this, this and that, uh, holding a sign. And then that evening, the candidate asked me to go to the results watch party for at, at Cheddar's for the county party to watch the results roll in. And I agreed. And I remember when we first got there, I, I didn't even want to go into that part of the restaurant. I was like, I'm 13 years old. I have no business being even in that part of the restaurant as them. No, no way. And then finally the candidate got there and he walked me in and we kind of sat in this corner booth, like way off, not even by anybody. And I remember when they called the state of Indiana for Donald Trump, I was in the room when that happened. And I remember the room just exploding. I mean, everybody was so happy that that had happened. It wasn't really a question that Indiana was going to go to Donald Trump, but just the fact that it did with this 2% chance. And I mean, it was clear, it was clear that, oh, this is a relief. All right. At least we got Indiana. We did our jobs. Um, and everybody in there had kind of worked to make these things happen. So I, I point to that moment, the energy I felt in the room that night, um, seeing everybody work together for this common cause and, and all of that, that kind of as the moment where I decided that politics is something that I wanted to get into. And then the very next year, I got an opportunity to manage um, a township level campaign out in Washington Township when property taxes went up um, and that whole ordeal happened. So I, I kind of got a taste for it in 2016. And then by 2018, we were kind of already in it to go. And then I've not stopped. I've had a campaign ever since, every cycle since. So. Now, you know, people of my generation, uh, if they were Republicans, they would look upon someone on the order of Ronald Reagan as the icon. Did you, as a youngster, or even now, have an icon that you thought, wow, there's the person? Well, the person that I can thank for uh, my, my politicalness is my uncle, but a step further, it's Rush Limbaugh. 
that is who was playing in my uncle's truck when we would go out in the summers and I'd be hanging out with him. I didn't really understand necessarily every, everything that he was saying all the time. Right. But it was Rush Limbaugh who I kind of grew up listening to. And then I started paying attention and I'm like, Oh, this guy's kind of making sense. Okay. I'm picking up on more and more of this. And I would say that that is the icon that got me interested into politics. I wonder what would have happened if Rush Limbaugh had ever run for an office. That's very interesting. I have no idea, but he was well liked by many. It's a filing season for the primaries and for the general election. 2022, uh, an off-year election, although it seems like every year there's congressional elections. It's, It's actually every two years. Uh, a number of Republicans are running in Monroe County. For instance, uh, there's someone running to replace uh, in the Republican primary, Trey Hollingsworth, who has announced he's not running this year. This fella running for the 9th District U.S. Congress in Indiana, Bill Thomas. Have you met Bill? I've not met Bill. What can you tell us about him? I actually don't know much about him. Um, I know someone else actually recently has thrown their name into the hat, Erin Houchin. Um, She's a state senator. Uh, She just recently announced her candidacy as well. I know her a little bit better um, than than him. I've not heard much uh, of him. It'll be a very crowded primary, I'm assuming. And we'll see a lot more names in the next few weeks since this was a sudden move. You'd be more familiar, of course, with the candidates who are running for Monroe County office. I notice here that uh, there are some candidates running for Monroe County Council. James Allen, a retired firefighter. Marty Hawk. uh, Everybody knows Marty Hawk. She's running for District 3 Monroe County. I was under the impression, I believe I read this in one of the news sources, that you accompanied a number of Republican candidates when they filed. Can you tell us about that day? Yes, I'm glad you heard about that. So I've been working with our awesome 2022 candidates since June of last year. So we're at month number eight of this campaign already. Outstanding. Um, And that's our new folks. Marty has, she's always running, you know, Marty's great. But our new candidates, we started in June just to kind of break them in and get them going. We have Perry Robinson running for commissioner, Nathan Williams yes. running for sheriff. Yeah, and Dave Hall running for House of Representatives in uh, District 62. A number of people. Now, yes. when you say we've been helping them, can you be more specific? What can yes. you do so, for them? We've been doing the details work. So we've been putting together platforms. We've been putting together um, a campaign plan for all of them, figuring out what areas we need to work in and just identifying that, identifying areas of their campaigns that need work. We kind of started the the ground level up. So we came up with campaign slogans. We came up with campaign logos. We can't, I mean, anything and everything. They basically said, all right, we're ready to run for office. We kind of know why we want to run for office. And then I, we got together and I helped them kind of articulate all of that into a platform. Now their, their campaigns are live. Everybody knows about them. It was fun working with them behind the scenes for so long, but I'm glad that everybody gets to see them now and the hard work that they've been doing. Um, And and we'll continue to do that throughout the entire cycle and just kind of helping them each step of the way throughout their campaigns. It's almost like going to school if you're a first-time candidate. 
learning how to run for office. Yeah, that's that's a good way to think of it. Yeah, because I, I saw the need for this. You know, we would have folks running that, you know, just didn't have all the information. And I'm sure the, the Democrat chair would agree with me here, too. I don't think it's just a Republican thing. We get, especially locally, uh, people that haven't run for office before. And so just kind of walking them through how to run for office and trying to set them up for the best success as possible was my goal. And so we started that early on. I might guess that you uh, leaned on William Ellis, the outgoing chair, for a lot of information about how to do this kind of thing. Yeah. So I've been working with William now for, uh, well, since 2016. So what year is yeah. that? Number six now? Yes. Uh, yes. So, well, like I say, William's been my mentor throughout uh, my entire political career, um, each step of the way. And so it's like, okay, William, you know, what do we got going on? What I've learned a lot from him throughout the years. I've learned a lot from these different campaigns that I've managed. Each one is very, very different from the next. And so that's been a great thing. So I've been able to pick up a variety of different things from each of them. We, we talked about this uh, spectrum of Republicans um, and the range there. They're reading off the list of campaigns I've managed. There's a pretty good range um, within that of, of Republicans. So I've kind of gotten to manage campaigns of Republicans all over that red spectrum, which has helped me kind of identify more with Republican voters and, and really what they're looking for and that sort of thing. So yeah, working with William, working with the campaigns, just kind of being involved the last six years, knocking doors, talking to voters, you know, going to the fair, doing all these different things has really equipped me with a lot of different knowledge to be able to share with these incoming candidates. When you kept on approaching William Ellis, uh, he didn't say to you, hey, kid, get away, don't bother me. I was, uh, you know, looking back at that, that must be, that's the thing I, I have to laugh about the most. William never once said, this girl's too young, get her out of here. I came to him, I was, thir- I was 13 years old. I was an eighth grader and never once did he say, uh, you know, why is she here or anything? He always invited me to come back. Then I became president of the high school Republicans and he invited me to come speak to the party. I was getting these things and it was, I was 14, 15 years old. So no, William has never turned his nose at, at, that, uh, at me being such a young age. He's always been willing and able to support and has supported. And he, I mean, I became political director at 16 years old. I mean, he gave a, he gave that uh, to a 16 year old, which was, it still blows my mind that that happened and, and all those things worked out the way that they did, but uh, no, super grateful for William. A couple of years ago, I had on at the time, and he still is a rising star in the Republican party, Andrew Gunther. I think he was 24 years old at the time I had him on this show. And at that time I was saying, you're so young, you're so young. And now here you are even younger than that. Is that the future of the Republicans here in Monroe County? Absolutely. It is. Um, I was baffled when I got to IU's campus. I I had an expectation, and I'll be honest, I had an expectation going into IU. I thought I'd be very liberal. I felt like I was in for the biggest uphill battle potentially of my life. You know, who knows what can happen here? And I was so pleasantly surprised when I saw the number of Republican students on our campus. These conservative groups have hundreds of members, which is crazy to believe, but they have hundreds of members. And I've been able to connect with them and like I'll bring up Mackenzie Benford again. She's been so helpful in, in bridging the gap between the college and the county party, uh, which is something that she and I have been working on uh, a lot. 
but yeah, I was completely caught off guard and, and very encouraged by what I saw when I got onto campus. You know, the uh, Republican Party holds sway here in the state of Indiana. Here's another little history thing. I, I wonder if you might be aware of this. Back in as far as the 70s, both uh, United States senators in Indiana were Democrats. The governor was a Democrat. Eight of the nine U.S. House of Representative seats were taken by Democrats how things change. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking way before my time, but yes, things definitely have changed, especially here in Monroe County, but the state as well. And I, I look for a new change to happen. Yeah, that must give you hope that you can flip this county or more specifically this city. <laughs> right. And, and when I say that, I want to set a reasonable expectation for that as well. I'm not saying it's not possible. It 100% is possible, but it is a longer term goal, I think, than what we can do in the next election cycle, mainly because of the offices that are up and, you know, takes a while to get through the cycles and, and start to infiltrate some seats. But I think that this is more of a movement um, and less of a fad. I think that gathering this support is a long term goal that we're going to, to pick up each cycle. And I think that we're already doing this. And I think we're doing it in, in, at a faster pace than I originally thought we'd be able to. Now, I'm going to ask you not to be modest here, and I'm going to put this to you. Do you ever see yourself running for office? Oh, for sure. Some sort of office, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Running for delegate already. Right. Uh, but I'm going to stay chair for a little bit, try to get some work done here in Monroe County, and then we'll, we'll see what happens after that. I I never have planned out these things. I always mention this to people. I, I never planned out, okay, I'm going to become chairman at 18 years old. I'm going to run three campaigns before that. They're going to be this campaign, this campaign, and this one. I didn't plan any of that. It was really, I just showed up when they needed volunteers. I made the phone calls. I knocked the doors. And just somehow these things have happened. Um, and I just like to think that if I just keep working to uh, what, what needs done, that these things will just fall into place as, as we go. My guest this week has been the newly named chair of the Monroe County Republican Party, Taylor Bryant. Uh, Taylor, tell us, how do you get in touch with the party? So the best way to get in touch with the party is through our Facebook page. It's Monroe County Republican Party of Indiana. You can like us, shoot us a message on there. We also have an email address, mcrp at monroecogop.com. My personal party email address that anybody is free to ask questions to and that sort of a thing is Taylor Bryant at Monroe COGOP. That's something I'm working on, trying to make communications better. And so if communications aren't coming out of the Republican Party like some folks would wish um, and have ideas and suggestions, I'm always open to that. And I want to be as uh, transparent with my information as I can uh, so people know how to get a hold of us. Taylor Bryant just might be the future of the Republican Party, not only in this county, maybe in this state. Hey, who the heck knows? Maybe in the nation. Taylor, thanks so much for being on Big Talk. Thank you so much for having me.